0: Life out here. What the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steediddy NFL on Twitter. Are you going to follow me? Probably not. <laughs> so listen, I'm back. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm back, lads, ladies. Lads and ladies. Um, and I said I wasn't going to leave you in the off season. And then I went and left you. Look, I'm sorry. And I don't want anybody to have abandonment issues here. Daddy issues. No, daddy wasn't there. But I'm here. I'm back. All right. Not saying that I'm your daddy. Look, all I'm saying is, is I went abroad uh, on the Hollyers. Now, I fully expected to do a podcast abroad. I had these like windswept notions. That I'd be sitting in some you know beach area and to even do a video podcast or do a vlog style thing about how I talk about Packers and all of that did not work out because heck kids. Um, so yeah, I didn't um legislate for the fact that uh, my two baby sons would be who are three and two would be up till 11 p.m. at night and on the first night, 2 a.m. It was nuts. Anyone who goes abroad with uh, kids. Anybody who goes abroad with kids and comes back and faces questions like, so did you have a nice relax? Uh, those people deserve to get punched in the throat. Uh, or the junk. Junk or throat or junk and uh, you know, throw punches. Both are fine. I have two hands. I can do both as long as you're not too tall. It's fine. Um, so yeah. And it was a pretty eventful holiday. Uh, I won't you know bore you with the details of sun cream, suntans, sand, uh, you know, late night trips around the place with the kids, but... Did my baby son have an accident and end up in hospital? Yes. (laughs) Which is just terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, So, and again, I'm not going to leave it there. I'm not going to go, oh, I ended up in hospital with my son and then leave it there and expect everybody to be jumped all over like Facebook and say, OMG, Steve, everything okay. Big prayers to you and your family. So um, kids were dancing. It was a mini disco style scenario. My youngest son fell over and start crying which happens a lot if anyone has kids that is the default setting for a child they fall over they cry that's what happens um so yeah and then he was he was crying he hurt his leg that's fine uh, it, it looked innocuous and it was okay and then he woke up uh, that night crying again and then the next day he couldn't put his foot down uh, so i had to rush off to a hospital in spain uh, get a translator in the hospital and then talk to doctors in Spanish. So yeah, x-rays and all the rest. Uh, so it was, it was pretty full on. So that's why I haven't done a podcast. But that does not mean that I haven't been working uh, hard behind the scenes. And I'm excited to announce, and I am watching my sound levels, which is why sometimes I whisper, <laughs> because I don't want to blow it open again. Um, uh, we've got our first meetup in the books. I've been working hard. Uh, I've been talking to the, some peeps in Manchester, um, some venues. And I have nailed down the venue. And guess what? I can't tell you. (laughs) So anyway, here's here's the lowdown. I have the venue, but uh, the venue told me not to announce anything because uh, they're still discussing internally as to what type of promotions that they can put on on the night, you know, with food and booze and all the rest. Because not only do we want a good venue, uh, a reliable venue that we have to test, you know, internet connections, Game Pass and all the rest, if the game isn't on Sky... Um, we want the, the place that it's in to be ideal also for them to have capacity to take more than what we initially give them um, and then also that when you're there for the couple of hours we want the great atmosphere um, and part of that is getting cheap food and cheap booze but not to sort of scrounge on quality which is why you know we're asking to see exactly what we can get you guys and girls uh, when we go in and have this meetup but what i will say week two the 15th of september Um, is going the game against the Vikings? It's at six p.m. is going to be in Manchester. I will tell you the venue. And actually, this is what sort of delayed the podcast as well. I was waiting to um discuss it when we had more info, which was supposed to be today. Um, and then I couldn't uh, hold me water, so I decided to go and do a podcast anyway. But I will be announcing it on social media channels and also um on a newsletter. So if you're signed up to the newsletter, if you're signed up to be a member uh do expect an email in your inbox uh with all the details now here's the format and this is the way we have to do it so i don't want anybody moaning at me all right because i hear all of this um you know I, anyway i'll just get to it but anytime anyone mentions money people are, oh, i can't believe so let me discuss it right here's the problem that we have is that there could be 25 or 150 people coming or more right and we've like just look at the membership chart we've thousands of members. So if Manchester is a popular place, which we know it is because we know an awful lot of our members live there, um, you know, there's going to be all of those people hopefully going and then people fly in for the events because um, if it's one thing we know how to do, we put on a damn good packer party. Um, so... It, it could be popular, right? And if, so I went to the venue and I've said to him, it could be between 25 and 150 people. So that's quite a swing, right? And the, the area that they need to put on would be quite different if they had 25 or 150 people. Not unless people want to get to know each other. Really well, and be stuck in a room for twenty five people. Man, there's one hundred and fifty people there. So like, there's issues, there's restrictions around what room we can get and what type of food they need to put on and all the rest. So we need to give them a proper number as to how many people is going. The only way to do it is to sell tickets. Now, none of that zero of that money comes to us. Um, what I'm thinking is it's gonna be a fiver and that will pay for beer and finger food. So what we'll do is we will take the money from the ticket so that we can predict how many people are going, and then we hand all that money to the venue and buy your beers, and we'll give you uh, a beer token. I'll be there in the night, um, and I'll get beer tokens or poker chips or wristbands or something like that. Um, and I'll give that to you as you enter in. I'll check your name off the list, and then you go into the venue and all of that. So look, we just need to predict numbers is the only reason we sell tickets. Otherwise, we just say the venues on here just rock up. Now throughout the season, we will have venues that that will be the case, and in that instance, there's going to be no beers put on, uh, no guarantees or anything like that because you know, say a London event for instance, the Hippodrome, like they have it down. Um, so what we might say is say look it's, it's kind of an informal meetup say week eight you know we'll all meet at the hippodrome so just rock on up and we'll see you in there but this is not one of those events this is the ones that we organize that we can stand over and yeah that's why we have to ticket the event for a fiver so it's probably going to be done by um paypal friends or family something like that and then we collate the money we did the same we do the same for all of our meetups but just to let people know because we you know you see online when people try ticket an event Uh, we're not pocketing the money at all we're buying you beer um and your man was giving me uh the you know the price for all of that type of stuff um so yeah it's probably going to be about a fiver which is fine and it's just so that we can take a event anyway i know i've rambled on too much about that so um it's the 31st of july uh which means that our august razz has nearly swung around so i did the july one again that was one of the videos that i cranked off in spain now if you know try get over a dodgy wi-fi signal and you try record a video and try to upload it Heh, problems and also this podcast is not going to be available on video not because i don't have love for it um, i certainly do um it's just that you know i want to get the podcast out and video editing takes ages and um, so to the 30 people who are enjoying the video podcast i do apologize um but yeah and look at the thing is and i know i'm sort of talking about it i'm frustrated about the video I'm not getting a whole lot of views compared to what the audio does but i do understand that some people just aren't in the video and um, some people find them annoying they don't get value from it or you're in a scenario where you can't actually watch it so i've had i have had feedback from um you know lads and ladies uh, that have said that they they don't watch the visuals they have a podcast they're running on treadmills going to the gym walking to work um you know in their in their van as they're going along to work so enough lot of people listen when you're on the move and that's fine and that's why it doesn't translate the video but i'm having fun with it i have to say and it's good to create now again i'm irish so it hit no emotion but also i have enjoyed uh doing the videos and being able to offer content and maybe you guys might get more value from it when the season swings around um, but it's just allowed me to add in like sort of cool graphics and and do book reviews and you can see me and, and all that type of stuff so I am enjoying it and I'm going to keep it up it's just I'm not going to do it for this podcast because I'm just literally back you wouldn't believe um, from holidays to, to jump on and do this podcast uh, so I'll get the video up and running for the people I want it and to let you know that yes if you go to youtube.com forward slash uk packers you can see loads of video content there was like two or Mm, Yeah, two, three videos being put up a week at one stage, um. So I do plan on getting back to that ASAP, Rocky. So that's the meet up Manchester. You can put it in the books, um. If all falls through with the venue, which it won't, because ninety nine percent done, um. I'm going to push for it being Manchester. So if you want to book flights, hotels, um, or you know, it's six o'clock. So I mean, you could probably go on and go home on the train. I'm even considering, which I won't do in the end, is to fly over on the Saturday, or Sunday, I should say, um, and. To see the game and then maybe fly home that night but i don't know if there's any flights later that night so i might end up staying over and also there's the man united man city games on on the saturday so then i was thinking do i make a day of it and go over on the saturday and try catch a game over there with with people does anyone want to do that let me know anybody into watching united or city games Um, going to the games are they in Manchester I don't know I should have researched that before coming on the podcast but anyway while I was abroad I was still keeping abreast of news and one of the things that really annoyed me um, and that I wanted to get on and talk about was this whole Mike Daniels thing and also Darnell Savage and also Trevor Davis and then I'll I'll run through some um, training camp stuff as well but the Mike Daniels thing right um, so I got an awful lot of texts and DMs and stuff from people saying, oh, Jesus, Dave, you know, look at this, this is mad news. And yeah, like, it, it's mad news the way it happened, the timing, but it's not mad news that he's gone. Now, I, I, I know again, I I said this on the draft podcast, and I think I put it in the draft doc as well. Someone can go back and look, or I'll go back and look. And I think I said that I didn't predict Mike Daniels to stick around um, when his contract needed to be renewed. Now, did I think he would go this year? No. No. Um, it's a bit odd the fact that they got so many defensive pieces you don't want to be screwing around with your defense but the thing is like Mike Pettin was there a year already so he knows what he wants to do but Matt LaFleur is going to bring his own philosophy and what he expects and what he wants and I'll get on to LaFleur in particular in a couple of minutes but I found that I guess it's odd in the sense that you would expect to keep a certain amount of things static um and then to start building on it. Because it's like anything else. Like look at uh, Goody when he came in and look at LaFleur when they come in. They're very polite. Um, you know, it's, oh yeah, great. And look actually, you know what, I'll talk about LaFleur a bit now. So like you'll see what he does is is that anytime he criticizes somebody, he goes, Yeah, but I'm just as bad. So he's at that stage, that honeymoon stage, where it's there's a delicate balance that he doesn't want to pee his players off, he doesn't want to lose the locker room. Not that you know, like I won't delve too deeply into that, but he doesn't want to openly criticize his players for them to turn around and go, ah, go, away. Because he's at that stage where he's trying to install an offense and a defense. Offense, really, because he's an offensive-minded coach. He's trying to install stuff. And it's, what did he call it? Um, paralysis by analysis. So he doesn't want to overload the lads. For them to go, ah, screw it anyway, and and then he comes out and criticizes them in around that area as well. So then they just lose faith in him, and they just go, all right, screw you. Then, so he has to walk that delicate balance where he blames himself. He's self-deprecating. He's super nice, but after yesterday, Tuesday's practice, he was so pissed off, and um, it wasn't even funny. And well, it was kind of funny, but like, and that, that's what I like to see. I like to see him with a bit of fire. With saying, yeah, well, the last time I checked on the head coach, I love when they say stuff like that. I love that he's taking it by the balls and doing it because up to this point. And I posed this question to Rob Domofsky. You know, I found him very polite, uh, very measured in how he spoke, kind of slow almost for my liking. And that's because I'm Irish and I talk 7,000 words a second. Uh, But very slow, very measured. And, you know, but this time he was quick, he was zippy, he was calling people out, he was being honest. Um, And that's what I like to see. So he's starting to sort of settle into that role, which is why the Mike Daniels thing with him going, I thought that they'd still depend on that disruption up front. And he was incredibly disruptive. And he was one of the best defensive linemen in the league uh, from PFF stats, the most underrated too, because, you know, on the defensive and offensive line, you don't get a lot of fanfare unless you're a pass rusher and getting a ton of sacks. Um. So the people that knew he was good knew he was good, and it's no surprise that the Lions knew what he was like because he's in their division. So he knows like how much havoc that he wreaks or whatever. Um. So yeah, I just found it odd in that regard, and also the timing, like right before training camp. But then Goody came out and cleared it up. So basically, the Packers were looking for a trade partner to offload his contract. They saved ten point seven million in cap space when they offloaded him. So they effectively cut him because they couldn't find someone to, to, to get something. Now, would we be on uproar if we got a seventh round draft pick? You know, and you'd be like, oh, he's worth more than that. And then there'll be that confusion. So apparently there was trade partners. It all didn't work out. And so they just cut him. So it's not surprising because of the amount of money that he was going to be paid. Uh, the amount of money that he would have to be paid if they renewed his contract. Uh, which in his interviews which i'll get on to now he sort of said that, that that was his motivation was to get that contract renewed and um, he also had no idea that he was going to be cut by the packers but look i don't think the expectation was that he was going to be cut but what i would have expected was is for him to stick out the year and um, and then to see how it all pans out with the new defensive weapons that we've added in the smiths and um, but it didn't happen now Let's get on to these comments, I guess. Now, the Lions will run through that contract, I guess, as well. So they signed him for $7.8 million guaranteed. And then this incentives is going to drive the price up to $9.1 million. And let me just address this off the bat. And this is backed up by an article in USA Today um, where people were saying he's getting old, um, he's going to decline, and he's also injury-prone. Right. So he missed six games last season with a full injury. And before that, in his entire career... He missed four games. So, I mean, it's not as if he's injury prone. He had a foot injury that he needed to rehab. So, I think we can drop that narrative. I mean, what part of missing, you know, 10 games throughout your entire career, four before this year, which was a bad one for him, um, injury-wise, means that you're injury prone? Um, I don't think so. So, Mike Daniels, let me just say this uh, before we get on to his comments, right? This is a guy who poured his heart and soul into the Packers um, at a time where the defense was inept um under dom capers and with the amount of injuries as well because i never always placed it all at dom capers feet Um, even though there was a a large element um of it there uh he was the guy who was trying to pep up the locker room he was a good leadership guy good locker room presence and he was the one who was looking for smash mount football right this is a guy who's looking for more aggressiveness all the time and he was a fantastic guy on and off the field Um, him and his wife heaven uh, embedded in the community um all around great people uh, he was always great to fans so here's a guy who gave everything to the packers and got cut unexpectedly um, is he going to react to that in a certain way uh, i would hope so if he's human and um, which we all have to remember that he is so like i would expect some sort of reaction or some sort of shock or whatever but i think it was a class act now there's all of these quotes flying around um and i'll and i'll read them out now of him saying that, he says, I thank God I got cut, right? And then he turns around and says that, like, Matt Patricia's a genius, you know? Um, and people are like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm glad to be working with a genius in, with the Lions. And then he came out and said that he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender. Now, what I will say is, is that he's from Green Bay, he's embedded in the community, he's got kids. He's moved um, to Detroit, now, did he move to Detroit to to stick it to the Packers? I wouldn't say so. He said that he's only motivation, and this is what he said in that interview. And I, I would really encourage people to listen to the entire interview and not to just take these quotes that you read in articles or whatever. He turns around and says that they said to him, like, oh, is there going to be more motivation now to get after Green Bay because they cut you? And he said, look, opponent is opponent. You know, he said, right now, my opponent is the offensive line for the Lions because that's who I'm going up against in practice. He says it doesn't matter whether you wear orange or blue, um, you know, whether you're wearing purple or whatever. He said, Look, you know, green and gold, they're all opponents to me and he's gonna go up against them. And that's it. So he's not doing a fire on him where he wants to stick it to the backers. Not that he's coming out and saying. Um which again, I don't think he feels like it's it's a personal thing. He knows it's a business as well. And also, to address the thing of like uh you know, working with a genius, like listen to literally two seconds after that because first off you have to remember he was talking to the lions reporters you know be they journalists outside and inside the Lions organization and of course they're saying to him oh tell us about why you signed with the lions now the interesting thing is is that he he said in this as well that 13 teams contacted him within the hour and that the reason that he picked patricia was um is because he was a genius now patricia worked with new england he has that kind of reputation And with the amount of Super Bowls that New England won, you have to attribute some of that to to Patricia. No matter what people say about Bill Belichick, you know, you're as only as good as your staff too. Um, And also, he's a defensive-minded coach. So here you have a fantastic defensive player talking to a defensive-minded coach. He's going to be able to say everything that Mike Daniels wants to hear. And he's going to be able to get down to him on his level. As a guy who knows defense inside and out. Not some guy who's kind of like, Oh, well, uh, you know, you're going to play in the defense and it's going to be savage. He's going to be able to literally pick apart plays and show him how Mike Daniels is going to fit into his defense. So he's going to be speaking his language. And that's why Mike Daniels is going to gravitate towards something like that. I can only imagine that if he's going to Detroit, which is close to Green Bay, Is that maybe that's better for him and his family? I don't know. So it might not be a grudge thing. It might be the fact that it's not such a massive change. Um, The climate is the same. Uh, It's close in proximity location-wise. So, I mean, you know, is that the reason why he chose Detroit? Now, he says that just playing ball is playing ball and all that type of stuff. And as well as that, they asked him, oh, so, you know, he said about the defensive genius thing, and it's good to be working with someone who has their stuff in order and does things right. And that was kind of quoted like, oh, look, he's taking a dig at Mike Pettin." Or, oh, look, he's taking a dig at Tom Capers. Now, I'll say this, and he didn't say this. And I'll tell you what he said now in a second. But in fairness, lads, ladies, he did play for Tom Capers. Um, and he did work on a defense that was inept at times. And he did play with players that weren't up to scratch. And, you know, so, I mean, can you blame the guy for being excited about a new challenge? And also, he has no choice. He can't go back to Green Bay and they, they cut him. So he's going to have to move on. But after that, the Lions reporters jumped on it, probably looking at a headline as well, and said, oh, does that mean that, you know, in Green Bay they didn't do it right? And he said, no, no. He said it was fantastic to work with Mike Petten. It was fantastic to work with Dom Capers. And he said that they made him the, the player that he is. So look, all this narrative about, look, oh, he's salty. No, he's not. And if you listen to the whole interview, he's not salty at all. Now this thing about, and, and this is the last thing I'll address, this thing about, um, oh, thank God I got cut, Right. Mike Daniels is a very religious man you can take it or leave it right you can be religious you can believe in it you can't believe in it who cares his wife is the same she's very religious too they believe in God and they believe in destiny Um, and he's looking at that from that guy's so he's not like oh thank God I got cut from that place he's just saying thank God I got cut because now there's a new opportunity I get to go to Detroit I get to prove myself I get you know the same contract kind of you know what I mean if it goes up to incentives he believes in himself Um, and he's just saying thank God for that opportunity not thank God but like you know he thanks God and it's a blessed day and all that type of stuff so that you know that's that's the angle he's coming from with that not screw Green Bay so I think look even if he wants to come out and have some you know sentences words that you don't like um, just recognize what he did for the Packers um, and the fact that how tough it must be for a guy um, who has a family, who is so committed to the community and everything else in Green Bay and the team, like he gave his all and his, his stats showed that he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Um, You know, and then he gets caught unexpectedly, you know. So he's, he's entitled to say what he wants to say about his employer. Um, so I think we should just give Mike Daniels the credit where credit's due and just wish him good luck and um, fair play and I know that's what most people are doing but it's just all this rhetoric that they see and kind of just the uh, people stoking the fire online and um, that's kind of annoying and that kind of leads me on I was going to talk about Trevor Davis but on the same sort of note Darnell Savage Jr now if you listen to the podcast if you're a long time listener you know that I don't profess to know everything and I like to try look at it from a different perspective or whatever um, and not to just be you know contrived or just be like oh well mm, you think he's a good player let me come up with a reason why he's not I'm not playing devil's advocate I'm just sort of admitting what I don't know. And I do laugh sometimes online when I see someone like spitting such vitriol as well, you know, saying, Look, oh, I can't believe you have this. And no, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like oh, Look, to an extent, we all don't know what we're talking about. Because, like, you know, even the Mike Daniels thing, although it was predictable in a way, the timing and exactly what happened, and you don't know who's going to get injured. So all of these people saying, Oh, I can't believe you have Trevor Davis in your lineup, or Oh, I can't believe Kumaro's in there, or or something whatever whatever it is you know and some some people say that Crosby's going to get cut and they're going to put Ficken in there and people are like oh I can't believe look everyone has an opinion and that's fine but the people th- and massacre each other and this is another one Darnell Savage and I've seen this one about so he's at a training camp he's missed all of training camp uh he was there for you know rookie mini camp and OTAs and all the rest right and he got rave reviews but he's missed training camp because he has his, he had his wisdom teeth extracted now the hot take <laughs> I see online Right, And I'll hold off on the Clown of the Week music. Is that people saying, oh, you think he would have picked a better time to get his wisdom teeth removed? All right. So here's the questions then that I would ask if that's the case. Um, why did he get his wisdom teeth removed? Were they hurting him? Were they sore? How many did he get removed? Does anybody know? When did he decide that he was, he was going to get them removed? What was the conversation that he had with his agent, with the team, um, also with his dentist or doctor about getting the wisdom teeth removed? Was it necessary? Does he want to be missing training camp? Did he get rave reviews in minicamp and OTAs? Um, And was he really hitting the ground running to be a starter and practicing with the ones? Um, Does that sound like a man who would uh, dodge training camp to get the fun task of getting your wisdom teeth removed and then have to play catch up? Does that make sense? Like the thing is, and this is what I'll always say, right? And have our own opinion or whatever. We simply don't know what the situation is. Now I've had uh, issues with wisdom teeth. Thankfully, I haven't had them taken out. Uh, but when they're breaking through the gum, cause a bit of an issue. Um. So did he go? This. So here's a scenario. So here's a scenario that's being proffered online. Right? Is that he said, "Oh, training camp's coming up. Do you know what? Screw it. I'll just get my wisdom teeth removed and I'll miss it. Happy days. Who cares? Right? So that that's what you're led to believe. Uh Here's another scenario. Um. Uh, maybe. They were hurting him. Maybe it was excruciatingly painful. Maybe he had no alternative and he had to go and get them removed. Now, how many did he get removed? I've no idea. But let's just pretend that he's getting them all removed. Maybe you go to your dentist if you have one that's causing you excruciating pain to the point that it has to be removed or you've got a bad infection. And they say, here's one bad one. They're all going to be bad pretty soon. I can see off it that they're growing the wrong way. They're growing sideways, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, you need to uh, go and get part of your jaw shaved off and get them removed. Now, we can remove one, the bad one, but the, all of the other ones are going to hurt you soon. So you're better off getting them all taken out now. I know, short-term pain, long-term gain. How about that? How annoyed would someone be if he had to get this one removed, missed the same amount of time, and then had problems with the other ones and throughout the season kept having to get his, his teeth removed? He's a young guy. This is what happens when you're this age. You know, they start to act up at this age most of the time for people. So what I would say is is that maybe we can all just uh, reserve judgment to call him um, whatever names or say how unprofessional that it is that he went and did it, um, that he got it removed because we simply have zero information. Now i have looked and everyone's just saying, now in the press conference with Matt LaFleur, they didn't expect him to be out this long. And Matt LaFleur was annoyed on Tuesday anyway, kind of, uh, with the way practice went because it was sloppy. And by what the the beat writers were saying um, is that it was sloppy as well. So he was annoyed. So they asked him about Savage and he said, yeah, well, look, I expected to have him back by now. But look, he's gone, next man up and all the rest type of stuff, right? So again, it might be perceived that it's, you know, he's annoyed or whatever. But maybe he's just annoyed at the situation because they thought he'd be back sooner than he was or whatever. Uh, but again, it was another narrative that I saw when I was away. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I could get onto the podcast and just address that now because I just think people lose their head. He's human. Like, imagine you need to get your wisdom teeth removed and everyone in your work was like, oh, Jesus Christ, here's Dave again. Going to the goddamn dentist, getting these teeth sorted. <laughs> it's just like, oh, how inhumane. Now, an interesting topic as well is Trevor Davis. So from all we hear from Packers.com um, and some of the beat writers is that Trevor Davis is having an absolutely lightning training camp. Which is great. Now, the narrative as well is that if you say anything nice about Trevor Davis, uh, you should get a kick in the arse. Um, and as well as that, if you say anything nice about Blake Martinez, you should uh, be thrown off a pier uh, or a lake or into a body of water uh, with concrete shoes. So it's one of these narratives and it's kind of a media trope out there. Now, I get it. I get that he hasn't done a lot and I get that he had fumbles and drops um, and that he wasn't flawless on returns. Um, and people deem him to be wasting a roster spot and all the rest. But what I will say is, the times are a change. And Randall Cobb is gone, uh, you know, ripping it up with the Cowboys. Jordy Nelson is long gone and since retired. So there's more spots open for wide receivers. We have a new offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett. We have a new head coach who's offensively minded. And really, the jobs are up for grabs. And one of those jobs is up for grabs for Trevor Davis. Now, we need a return guy. There's other people you can put on us, Tremond Williams. Um, getting up there in age, shifting around a position in the backfield, probably not ideal. Uh, we have jair Alexander, um, seen as a stud, wanted to make a step up in his in his second year. Uh, do you really want to be putting him on returns and risking him? Because returns is a risky job. Um, coming into contact because you invite contact effectively, um, and when he's the one bringing the noise, when he's going to be inviting it. Um, so you know, do you do you want jair Alexander back there? Uh, who else do you want back? Is there other guys that we can get? Can you get one of the young receivers to do it? Yeah, probably. Um. But again, it's one of these things that we, we simply don't know. Now, has he done a whole lot uh, on wide receiver in the past? No. Uh, but then, according to an article, which is pretty good by Forbes, um, it talked about in 2017 that he was third in punt returns in the league and seventh in kickoff returns. So he's a top 10 return guy when he's healthy. When he's not healthy, not so good. Uh, when he is healthy, he does well. And as well as that, uh, you know, he's going into his fourth year, doing well in camp. There's tales of his toe-tapping catches. And even Wes Hotquits from Packers.com came out and said that he's one of the most athletically gifted players on the team. Um, So it really baffles me that people think that he doesn't deserve a spot or at least compete for one um, and get that return job. People look, like, oh, we're going to keep him on the roster just to be a return guy. It's such a waste of time. Now look, if he's doing well in camp and the coaches like him, then heh, he's going to be on the team. All right, now you know we have number 1 devonte number 2 gmo or mvs cuz we see him his stock rising all the time um and then behind that i know people are high in kumara and that's the thing as well like kumara is having a fantastic camp and people saying as usual like you know he's consistent um so i do expect him to have a bigger role as well but trevor davis i mean i don't think we should hate on the kid and give him so much grief um just because you know he has made the best of his opportunities uh but again there's been injury there and it's up to the coaches and how they use them as well so last year you know hamstring injuries um, he didn't do a whole lot um so yeah i think we should should keep our eyes open and see uh, how this is going to play out because this this article by forbes is really good because he uh, the guy hold on let me find his name here um, don't want to do him a disservice. Rob Reichel uh, goes and adds quotes into the article, um, which shows that people uh, who don't have a Twitter account and aren't around the team at all uh, think nicely of him. Uh, so Sean Menenga says, uh, we faced him before when he was in Cleveland and he's known about him. He has a res- he has a lot of respect for him. He's excited about him and that he continues to get better. So this is the guy who's going to manage him and um, he's going to want him as a gunner. He says he's a good gunner. He's a good cover player on kickoffs. And to get a guy that can return both punts and kickoffs and cover kicks is invaluable. So he's very excited about him. So, I mean, this is the guy that's going to be dealing with him. So I think we should take his word for it. Matt LaFleur, uh, a guy that gets forgotten about a little bit, is Trevor Davis. He made a lot of great plays down the field. He has speed. Um, so, again, I don't think, like, some of the some of the runs and some of the gouging runs that he ran um, on returns uh, was fascinating to watch. And I think that if he gets his technique down, if we sort out our special teams and we have our coverage on point, which you would hope under this new um, these new coaches, well, then the sky's the limit for him, really. Um, Aaron Rodgers always has nice things to say. Uh, here he goes. Well, the key for Trevor is just staying healthy. When he's healthy, he's been productive for us. He's been a top five return guy when he's fully healthy. The tough thing is finding opportunities to get him on the field. And that's the thing. So he talks about Jordy Nelson, James Jones uh the cob which goes to show how uh, far back uh, this quote goes so that's the thing is that he is trying to get him on the field in the first place is difficult now what i will say about this offense is is that it's going to be pretty exotic pretty interesting and uh, there's going to be multiple wide receiver sets does that enable trevor davis to get on not on special teams Um potentially and the thing is is now with this new coaching system look lads it's it's all jobs are up for grabs is what i'll say and if he's going to do a job for the packers then happy days uh, but just don't be tough on the kid i guess and just dog him for no reason um but i do understand people's angst as well you know knowing that he hasn't sort of stepped up to the plate and even in this forbes article the guy goes you know it's probably too late from now at this stage to be a dynamite wide receiver so look the jury's out we'll see how it pans out uh but in training camp apparently he is um beating coverage getting separation doing some nice toe tap stuff on the sidelines um. so maybe there's hope yet um, so outside of that then it's just a sort of the general training camp update and to see how people are doing so if someone is getting rave reviews which I'm really excited about is Rashawn Gary so this is a guy who is again what they're saying about him is and this is exactly what you want to see is that he's beating people on one-on-ones and I think he's like he's got a ridiculous record so far um and they, they're saying about his effort because that was the one thing that was saying about him right is that they were like oh he, you know he didn't make enough effort he was sort of a bit lazy um, which and then you know we saw people and scouts come out at the time when that narrative was coming out in the media and they were like that's total balls like that's not the case at all he has an unbelievable motor and he tried on every single play it's just that he was getting double covered or whatever and then he might be a little bit raw uh, but this guy's an athletic freak and in training camp day after day it's coming out that they just cannot believe his explosiveness they're saying that they can't believe he's doing stuff um, in training camp. And as well as that, like, you know, the beat reporters are saying that they're, you know, scribbling stuff down and writing notes. And then they look up and there's an awful lot of commotion. And, you know, people are humming and hawing and wowing. And they're like, what happened there? And, of course, the guy at the center of the play is Rashawn Gary. So this is a guy who's going to be just seems like he's going to be absolute dynamite. And look, he's going to be rough for sure. He's a rookie for God's sake. But the fact that, it, you know, and that's one of the things that Matt LaFleur said in his presser on Tuesday was that he was upset about the sloppiness in the offense um, and the defense had a big day. And he said, you know, there's some days that the defense are going to win, like, let's face it, but also that the offense was sloppy. But he said that the one thing that you can control is effort. And if that's what he values, well, then he's damn sure going to be impressed with Sean Gary because he just seems to be going and putting in 100% every single play. And on top of that, we go to show it goes to show just how committed he is. So he was like a 14-15% body fat when he got drafted, and he's cut that down to 10% now. So like athletically and, you know, work rate-wise, uh, workout-wise, the guys just turned themselves into even more of a freak in nature. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm unbelievably excited to see him. Now, I know people thought it was a disservice to give him Clay's number and all the rest. Um, But maybe in the upcoming season, he shows those flashes of brilliance that Clay had uh, when he joined the Packers and he's worthy of the number 52. Um, So other updates then from training camp. The kicking competition. uh, That's going to be interesting to see because uh, Mason Crosby is out with a calf injury. So it's really weird. So Sam Ficken is out there kicking on his own and he's 11 for 14 now uh, by the end of training camp. So uh, we see stuff going off wide right. Look, Lambeau Field is a pretty difficult uh, place to kick. And in the last practice on Tuesday was the first time that Ficken was actually kicking against a live rush. So he's 11 for 14 in camp so far. Um, and we'd see uh, sort of a better indication of exactly what the lay of the land is. Now the situation is, is Ficken is going to get 10 times less than what Mason Crosby is getting. But we've seen the sort of hullabaloo that was made against the Lions last season uh, when Mason had an absolutely nightmarish day. So the kicking game is very important. The same as the punt returning game um, is very important as well. So, you know, we really don't know what the Packers are going to do here. They did say that it's good to bring in competition to really drive them. And it's it's like that thing, isn't it? You know, when you have a car and and you buy a car uh not not us because certainly i'm not buying a car for 150 grand but you know if if you were to get a car for 20 grand and you get a car for 150 you know that extra 130 thousand dollars or euro or sterling i mean is it worth the extra comfort of driving along in the car does it still have a steering wheel leather seats you know arse warmer i mean you know is it worth it so when it comes to crosby I love the guy, we've had him on the podcast an awful lot of times, really, really nice guy, really dependable, the majority of the time, you know, he's had sort of, he had a yippy year, let's call it, um, not a yippy kaye year, that's something totally different, he had that the year after, so like, you know, he's he's had his faults, for sure, uh, but this was an outstanding guy from all the way in high school, um, college, and then in the pros, apart from, you know, a couple of dodgy games, or really one really bad game, um, last season and then that dodgy year that he had as well so will he be replaced um or is the cap number that we freed up with mike daniels enough for now to keep him hanging about and see how he does um you know the, the jury's really out on that another update Toronto allison is playing the slot and apparently he's doing really well there so he's seen as wide receiver number two but then when you think about it i mean do you have both your wideouts um, who are adept you know real speed guys good hands uh, so Devontae obviously being number one. Does number two effectively fall to MVS or Kumaro? or you know who wants it? Um, on the opposite side. and then Drona Allison playing in the slot. Now, again, with the with the amount of tight ends that we have on the roster in Tanyaan Lewis and uh, Jimmy Graham, you know you'd you'd sort of think, uh, you know, what what are we what are we doing here? What what type of formations are we gonna run? Is the slot just as important? Uh, who knows? But you know, do see uh, Allison sort of roam on the field. Another one, Mr. Muscle, Danny Vitale, uh, the fullback. So he's getting quite a good bit of work in and rave reviews as well and an awful lot of reps. Um, so people are raving about him. So is this the year that we truck on and bring in a fullback again? Uh, so we see John Kuhn join the Packers again, but more in a media capacity. So this is, is this the year that we replace him finally and have someone in there? We had Aaron Ripkowski in there for a while and he did a great job actually. Um, another nice touch as well and I know I mentioned Rashawn Gary but David Bakhtiari, um. so apparently he pulled Rashawn Gary aside I think it was on day 2 or day 3 um, and just had a word with him and just sort of coached him up a little bit and you know gave him some pointers and some tips um, and it was nice to see that Rashawn Gary came out and said like you know for an all pro tackle to sort of pull you aside and give a rookie some time it was fantastic as well so it just goes to show the sort of you know, the leadership that Bakhtiari shows is not just about slamming beers and protecting your quarterback. He really does add an awful lot to the team. Um, and to say that this guy was a fourth-round pick, um, which Mike Daniels was as well, actually, um, it's it's mad to see that he's so adept and, and so ingrained in the team that he's pulling them aside to say, here, uh, here's what you need to do. Uh, Cole Madison, who's a guy who you know, for mental health reasons, uh stepped aside last season and is sort of seen as kind of a you know a massive bonus pick and a boost to the team uh this year coming back. Uh he's apparently done really well on one on one drills and uh he smashed Tyler Lancaster in a pair of reps, according to Rob Damoski. So if you want training camp updates, I strongly recommend that you go on the ESPN uh, and check out Rob Domovsky. He has this fantastic format where he numbers what you should be looking out for and what happened in in training camp on all the different days, um, and as well as that, an interesting thing about training camp as well, it's not lasting that long. It's like about an hour and a half, you know, just shy of two hours. I think there's only been like one practice that went over two hours. I think it was two hours eleven minutes or something, but I can't remember. And um, whereas Mike McCarthy, uh, would be regularly two and a half hours. Now, what happened with McCarthy was that they do the walk through and then they get their practice in. Whereas the way LaFleur likes to do it is in front of the media. He gets his practice in it on the field. It's just shy of two hours. Then he does about a 45-minute to an hour walkthrough behind closed doors. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. And does he do it because he doesn't want the media being privy to, you know, all of the nitty-gritty details? Um, who knows? Um, on top of that then, uh, it was it was a nice story to see uh, that Bakhtiari got beat uh, by Zadarius Smith on back-to-back uh, one-on-one uh, pass rushing reps. And, of course, and typical back to fashion, comes out and says, yeah, I forgot what it was like to lose, so I just thought I'd do two in a row to see <laughs> to see what it was like. Um, So, yeah, you know, we see Zadari Smith do well, but then the reports of Preston Smith was he's not really getting anywhere on one-to-one. I think he went up against um Lane Taylor. But, again, not to be read too much into it. But I think the kicking battle is going to be interesting and also how we sort of shape up a running back. Because behind Aaron Jones, I mean, it's pretty open. We see Jamal Williams carrying an injury. um, So he's not being able to get out there. So we see Dexter Williams getting an awful lot of reps. um, And again, Matt LaFleur coming out and saying that, you know, he's a bit naive sometimes that he's sort of, you know, he needs to be quicker about hitting that gap because he's sort of, you know, shuffling around back there, trying to be too patient. And he said, you're going to get put down in the backfield. Um, So then we have Darren Hall as well, claimed off um, waivers running back as well. So they're really adding to the running back room. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out um, by the end of, of training camp as well. And also, we have that practice coming up against the Houston Texans. Now, I'm just happy that uh, J.J. Watt isn't out there trying to make a name for himself because I saw on uh, Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, he was absolutely smash all uh, Some of the players, uh, just for fun um, at that stage. So it's going to be a tough practice. And again, uh, Brian Gutekunst is interesting to hear him. Talk about you know why that's important not only to evaluate the Green Bay players but also the Texan players. So you know it'll be a bit mad if the the big cut down day comes and we see some transactions and some moves and us adding some Texan players if they get cut. Just to see, but I know that they'll be on the lookout for that. And it's been I don't know how long since the Packers have actually went up against another uh, team in practice as well. So I expect some handbags as well. There should be some slaps, some people throwing hands. Uh, And shapes, and all manners of things. I'd say at this practice because it can get a bit nervy uh, when you play another team as well. So it'll be interesting to see. But again, Lafleur coming out on Tuesday, pretty annoyed. He was asked by a reporter, um, about being, you know, he's like a bit more attitude today. I don't know who asked it, and he said, "Am I salty? No, but you know, he just expects more from a player." And kind of went into it. So it was nice to see him call out players. But like I said, he's still in that honeymoon uh, phase in the sense that he criticised his team, but then quickly turned around and said, oh, well, you know, it it starts with me too. So, you know, we're about a year away from LaFleur getting annoyed and coming out and saying that, you know, this was trash, that was trash, and to really, you know, give the team a bit of what's what when they settle in, which will be nice, nice to see him go up against them and not have to sort of make caveats for how, you know, it falls at him. But look, he's one of those managers, he's very astute, um, has his zero to the ground very intuitive and all those good words word of the podcast so um yeah anyway look i'll leave it there it was great to get back on the podcast uh i'm back with you lads and ladies um and let go some parker stuff again so put it in your diary week two uh the 15th of september manchester meetup uh i will be on and emailing and banging out on social media the venue and how you get your ticket and all the rest Um, in due course which should be could be at the same time i release this podcast Um, if not then i will be recording another podcast as usual on sunday or monday for release on monday or tuesday and for all the stuff that comes out of training camp and all of the news but again good to be back uh fellas ladies so follow uk packers uh get onto uk on twitter there's the private group on facebook dive in there there's always some good uh banter going on and people being super helpful as well and on instagram at uk packers and of course I've been at StDDNFL. You can hear me on this podcast, see me on the Twitter account um, and on the group Twitter and also at youtube.com forward slash UK Packers. But until then, it's goodbye for a couple of days, I guess.